What is going on, everybody? This is the episode, the second episode of the Herpeticulture Podcast. I am Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics, and I am here with, as usual, Mr. Jacob Bratz from JLB Morelia. And we are back for another episode. We enjoyed the first one so much that we decided to keep going. And we hope everyone else enjoyed it, too. The feedback was good on the first one. That's good. I'm glad, I'm glad everybody didn't hate us. My parents liked it. Your parents liked it? Dude, my parents liked it, too, by, man. They, by default, have to kind of like yeah, it. Yeah, true, true. What do we get about about four listeners, our parents? Ah, I think the SoundCloud's up to, like, 20 plays. No. Oh, man. Man. That's cool. be getting us a Grammy here soon. <laughs> um, so this is episode number two, like I said. Um, we figured this episode we'd talk about feeding slash overfeeding uh, the status of that kind of in reptiles currently mm-hmm. something I feel pretty strongly about. Um, we've all seen it at one time or another in the group. Someone feeding, having overweight reptiles, overweight snakes, whatever. It's pretty common in the reptile hobby. Um, unfortunately, it's just uh, it, it gets waved off a lot because you know it's it's cute to a lot of people. I don't think it's all that adorable. No, absolutely not. <laughs> That's that's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, have you seen a lot as far? Do you, do you, is that something you've seen a lot regularly in some of the Facebook groups? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, just ridiculously fat snakes. Yeah, which, snakes, lizards, just about mm-hmm. anything, man. You know, everybody, everybody thinks getting their animal as big as possible. You know, especially say females. Um, you know, yep. for for breeding purposes, um, they think the bigger the better, and that is just absolutely not the case. At, you know, usually. I completely agree. There's a difference between a, a healthy weight and overweight. You yes. Know, you know what I mean? Um, and I, I think it's a, it's really not what people think it is either. Absolutely. Because um, this whole thing got me thinking, well, it's something I actually think about on a pretty regular basis. I recently changed my feeding schedule of all my crested geckos. Um, and this is going to be complete blasphemy to some people, but I, I kind of don't care because the only way this hobby moves forward is through experimentation and looking at the current, the, uh, the, the standard mm-hmm. and questioning it and seeing where it needs to be changed. And basically I used to have my whole collection of geckos, gargoyles and cresteds on a diet three times a week, Pangea three times a week, um, and dubias twice a week for the young ones. Um, I was trying to feed the adults dubias. A lot of them really didn't take to it. They, you know, they had never really messed with bugs beforehand, at least that I could tell. Uh, I had a few that were all about them, but for the most part, I saved the bugs for the babies, and they seemed to grow really fast on them, um, which was cool and all. But I've also noticed after probably two years or so on this schedule that some of my adults were getting really hefty, like wickedly obese. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, you know, not as big of a deal for me for the females because they need more more intake because if they're laying and stuff, you know, they're going through a lot more energy and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, the cal- caloric intake. Um, but my males, I really don't like to be heavier um, just because, you know, they don't, they don't need to be fat. They don't need to be super overfed. Right. None of that. Um, so as of about maybe middle of last year, I changed everybody over to diet twice a week, babies and all, because mm. I noticed, A, my adults weren't getting any smaller. They just kept growing. Uh, B, a lot of the food I was giving them wasn't even getting eaten all the way anyway, so I was wasting food. There's no point in giving it to them if they're not going to eat. And uh, 
even when I tried to cut them back, they're not losing weight. And that's kind of the issue that this whole thing revolves around is as low metabolism as most reptiles are, getting them to lose weight is really hard without just flat out starving them. Absolutely. Um, so for the last, I don't know, six plus months, I've had everybody on diet twice a week. I have not had a single issue yet. Everyone's fine. Babies are fine. Females are fine. Males are fine. Um, I find that they eat more of their food when I give it to them. Um, they seem to be adjusting to the schedule pretty well. And I'm not going through as much food or throwing away as much food as I was before, which is kind of a big thing too. You know, if you're doing mm-hmm. this as a business, that stuff adds up pretty quick. <clears throat> but, uh, some of my females have, have gotten a little slimmer. Uh, and I mean, a lot of it was because obesity and anything leads to lower, you know, a lower, shorter lifespan. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the snakes, I kind of, I, this all got adopted from a, a podcast on Herp Nation a while back with Vin Rousseau, who talked about boas uh, and how people are overfeeding them pretty much and getting them up to breeding weight way earlier than they probably should be. Uh, he, he, I need to actually go back and listen to it, and I'll bring up the stats on the next episode. But essentially, it talked about boas were being bred or getting to size too early, being overfed. Um, those same boas, the litters were not as great. Their repro- uh, like life career of reproductivity um, was shorter. Mm-hmm. The snake's lifespan was shorter. You know, he had like really old old animals still producing healthy litters. You know, mm-hmm. no problem. And it was these were the females that he waited. You know, five to seven years, I think it was, to to breed. Right. Not power feeding them. You know, he said. In the wild, these animals are eating like six months out of the year. Yeah, they're, they're eating sparingly. You right. Know, it's, it's <clears throat> they're not getting something once a week or, you know, two things once a week, whatever. They're not getting not getting power fed like crazy. But Right. Um, so I've kind of taken that and adopted it towards everything else. And it's, uh, I think it's making a difference. Like I said, I, I, I tried it at first and, and really kept a close eye on everything and didn't notice a huge difference as far as health goes. Uh, other than some of my adults getting a little slimmer, nothing too crazy. But I came to the conclusion that the only way to get these things to lose weight is to is is to like flat out starve them, and obviously that's not an option. So right. <clears throat> it's uh, chondros and stuff. You know, they've always been kind of the same. They they they've always been. It's been pretty well documented that that you don't feed them a lot, anyways. Right. So I've kind of uh, I think it's a matter of taking a look at the species' natural history, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and applying it towards how you're keeping them in captivity, because I think we're just we're we're feeding our animals way too much. I mean, minus a few exceptions, you know, right. there's some, you know, bearded dragons, whatever, you know, they need the variety of leafy greens and everything else like that. Mm-hmm. But you know, snakes and stuff in general, I think we're just, we're feeding them way too much. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And things with like you know with the carpet pythons, you know, last week we discussed the uh, the feeding response of a carpet. Yep. And snakes are opportunistic feeders. They're gonna take food whenever whenever they can you know because that's just that's just how their brain works they never know when they're going to get their next meal so and with carpets whenever you go into the cage if you feed them in their cage they're always going to be looking for food so they're always going to be acting hungry you can go in there every day and what a lot of people are think is 
my snake is hungry. I need to feed it. Mm-hmm. I just need to feed it, feed it, feed it. That's not the case until at all. it's not hungry anymore. Exactly. And that yeah, the that snake, level doesn't exist yeah, in garbage, especially. And then all of a sudden, you have this super fat, overweight snake. That's just you're going to shorten its lifespan tremendously. Yep. You know, um, especially you know, again with your females, people feel like. The bigger the female, the more eggs you'll get. The the it's actually the opposite. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, there you need to have, especially again with carpets. You know, they're they're a slender body snake. Mm-hmm. You know, people have. <clears throat> I've heard of you know ten, eleven foot coastal carpets. That's that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, coastals are not supposed to be that big, and it's just these people because everybody is feeding them these massive meals so frequently you know an adult coastal should be fed once every three to four weeks to maintain mm-hmm. that healthy body weight you know and what a I mean? smaller smaller item exactly you know, nothing you know with the chondros i i feed them mice like right. exclusively like I, you know the male he's the exception because he'll only eat live mm-hmm. but right now he's on rat pups which are pretty much the same size as an adult mouse anyways right um but you know like you said carpets and I mean, Morelia in general mm-hmm. uh, are just not meant to be hefty snakes. Exactly, you know, they're meant to be to be muscular is probably mm-hmm. the best word I could use uh, to describe yeah, them. And, you sure. know, especially the chondros because you know obese chondros have absolutely nothing but issues mm-hmm. if they're overfed. And actually, when I got this girl, who's actually right next to a shedding currently, um, she was being fed like a rat a week. Mm-hmm. And I immediately, like, as soon as I got her, she hasn't had a rat since. Right. Like, she gets pretty much an adult mouse once a month. Um, sometimes if I have an extra one, I'll give it to her. But for the right. most part, she's she's on a on a pretty slim diet. And even that's really not going to make that big of a difference mm. because they've found that uh, with, like, necropsies on, a, I think it was males um, that hadn't eaten in, like, a year, they still had plenty of fat reserves mm. in them, like, there was no signs of them them needing anything else, right? And it's just because, especially you know, the chondros, especially there's there's so much low metabolism. They don't mm. need a lot. They run on next to nothing. It's it's ridiculous. And, and I, uh, carpets like, aren't far off. I feel like a lot of that is because of their arboreal lifestyle. Yeah. You know, an arboreal snake needs to stay stay slender. You know, a heavy, super mm-hmm. heavy body snake can't climb. You know, like like well they that need and to. just the the surface and area of their body on on perches exactly, and stuff like that puts a, a lot, lot of strain of on yeah. their organs and their their you know their their spines and stuff. Yeah, and that's, so, that's when you get problems. Yeah. So if you keep stuff like green trees and you're getting them super super fat, you know, as big as you can, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're really hurting your animal you know like like justin just said you know when they're perching you know that is so much weight on everything you know because they're always perched yeah you know that's where that that muscle comes in versus just a bunch of fat you know what i mean um, and this i mean the male I, like he's a prime example you know i can't get him to to take frozen thought or mm-hmm. mice for for anything um but i mean even the few i've had him for a little under a year now and he's only had maybe five meals with me wow but i mean if you look at him yeah he looks like he's actually he's he's exactly where he should be he looks perfect you know he's i'd prefer he was maybe a a tad bit thicker um but i mean i'm not concerned about him Mm -hmm. one bit like i mean they like it was really freaking me out for the first couple months but after a while after kind of getting more more of them and get them into them and doing more reading and stuff like that I, i really i don't worry about it like if you think about the amount of time it takes for one of these animals to die mm-hmm. from not getting food, 
It's a very long time. I it's, had, it's ridiculous. My my first snake, <clears throat> uh, my ball python, it went on its little uh, no the food. The ball python kick. Yeah, yeah no food the for protest. a while. This, this animal went a year and a half without taking a single food item i made sure its water was changed mm-hmm. every you know made sure it was always clean always fresh and after about a year and a half he finally ate and he was he was good ever since but you know that just tells you how you know what kind of metabolism they actually have and how long they can go with, right. you know without eating like they're meant to they're meant to go for a while without food they're meant to eat sparingly and that that's just how they're that's how they're, they're built. physiologically they're built to run on nothing. Yes, and so that doesn't mean you know that doesn't mean feed your snakes every three yeah, months. Feed like, your snake uh, twice a year. That's yeah, not it at no, all. No, that's not what we're getting at. But what we're saying is that they're not made to take in a lot of food. You know, people will feed their snakes. You know, two two times mm-hmm. two times a week. You know, it's it's too much, man. Right. And um, a lot of one thing that people don't take into consideration, especially for your females and getting up to breeding size is everybody thinks only thinks about the size, you know, they want to get their females as big. Yeah. As, uh, as age, big as, age is exactly it's that. It's all about weight and not about age. Maturity. That's a, that's a big mistake in my opinion. Too. Maturity is a huge thing that you need to consider when you're getting your females up to breeding size. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to be in any species. To, yeah, exactly. Not just carpets or green trees, you know. They have to be old enough, not just big enough, you know. If you're mm-hmm. pounding them with food and you want to go ahead and get them going, you know, you still need to give them time to mature. Yeah. Um, and same with the males, man. Like, you know, the males can go a little bit earlier and a little bit smaller than the females, obviously. But, you know, they still they still need to be mature enough, mm-hmm. you know. Because it's, it's just crazy because if you think about any snake in the wild is not going to get to a breedable size mm-hmm. in two to three years absolutely not females are not going to breed every year in the wild i think uh, in the complete carpet python which you've read and i've read Mm. uh they discussed that it's pretty common for females to breed like once every other year Mm -hmm. you know sometimes even longer than that like they're not cranking out eggs they're not pairing up every year like they're Mm. they're just they're built to to run on nothing and they're built you know they live very long times so they don't they don't they don't need all the intake and stuff, mm-hmm. um, even corn snakes and stuff, you know. And that's kind of the sort of the conundrum of the whole thing is, like, do you feed your babies on uh, not necessarily a power feeding schedule, but mm-hmm. once a week? Yeah, I will. See, the, the pattern I've come up with uh, my babies is I may feed a little heavier because they grow faster. You know, well, they're, yeah, they're, they're, I mean, they're their metabolism is higher yeah, than an adult, much, is. much higher than than adult. So what I usually do is, and I don't like to get on a a certain day schedule. You know, I like to keep it because in the wild they're not gonna they're not gonna eat every seven days or every yeah. five days on the dot. So you know, I'll give them. A food item one day and then you know five days later i might give them another one and then i'll wait 10 days or you know i, I like to switch it up you know kind of keep it keep a variety you know don't keep them on a schedule because it's it's just not natural and you yeah know, that we, too they're not the gonna hell, have a, yeah. a mouse come down with some forceps attached to it yeah. every friday night yeah you know? exactly you know you want to <laughs> you want to mix it up a little bit and um because you know that's the snake is healthiest in its natural habitat, you know, mm-hmm. in my in my opinion. Um, so we, I think we should stimulate that, Trying you know, to mimic as much that as possible. Best as possible. Yeah, exactly. And um, in the in the most probably like well practical ways possible. Right. You know, obviously we can't go to Australia and yeah, you know, 
get a, a setup for a, a bretelai that's you know yeah gigantic and right have right it, you know so but the little things you can you can do right. to mimic their natural <clears throat> environment you know that's those are steps you need to take and i think i really need to listen to that that rousseau podcast again uh because he may have even said that he was feeding his seasonally, but I don't know for sure, mm-hmm. so don't take my word for it. Right. Uh, but I believe he said he was feeding his seasonally, which would have been like six months out of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget exactly when he had him on less food. Um, but, you know, he the, if there's anybody that I'm going to trust as far as experimenting with that and coming up with some concrete evidence that it does actually matter long run it's probably going to be him because right. you know he's he's the boa guy so mm-hmm. i fully uh i fully trust his uh his his findings uh and that podcast is definitely worth worth checking out i'll have to hunt it down and post a link somewhere um but it, it was pretty eye-opening uh and so was that that terry phillip justin julander book on green trees that just came out mm-hmm. last year that i mentioned last episode as well um, that thing really kind of opened my eyes to just how little green trees need as far mm-hmm. as that goes. And, you know, natural history wise, which is basically the the whole basis of that book right. is natural history of those. Um, you know, they found that it's usually, it's been the, I don't know why I'm having such an issue keeping my thoughts together. Um. The common number for breeding females in green trees for the longest time has been a thousand grams before you breed them, okay. which is pretty big. All right. The book said that I believe on average they were finding females as small as I think it was six hundred grams. Oh wow! So that's nearly half breeding. The half the size. Wow. And that was considered an adult. Right. So the green trees we have here in captivity are pretty big. Yeah. Um, where that locality was, I'm not sure, because mm-hmm. Beox are the biggest of all of them. Right. So I'm sure it probably wasn't those. Mm-hmm. So they may be the exception of that. Um, but I mean, you'll get some some males in some of the localities. You know, they're they're fully changed and green in in no time. Right. You know, they're they're really small, and uh, like he's. I don't expect him to get a whole lot bigger than he mm-hmm. is. My male green tree. Her. I'm sure she'll probably. Should probably get a little bigger, but but not too much. Right. Um, <clears throat> but it's just it's unreal. Like what we have in captivity, and what we have in the wild are are two completely different things. And if you think about it, the only thing that changes is how much food they're getting. Right. It's because <clears throat> it's it's readily available and it's right. always there. And you know that's you just want your snake. You you want to feed your snakes. You know it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's it comes to the other sort of parallel uh is well they're in captivity they're not in the wild yes so it's it's i can understand the argument but at the same time it's like these are not meant to be fat animals they're They're not meant to be obese the thing is we're not we're not getting at don't you know cut all cut cut all your animals off food you know Mm -hmm. like we're not we're not getting at that it's you know there's a line between you know feeding a healthy amount, feeding too much and, you know, feeding too little. And you just need to find that, that line, you know, your animals just don't need to be as big as people are getting them. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, again, it's not healthy. You know, you're going to see if, especially if you're breeding, you're going to see your clutches get, you know, worse and worse. They have more slugs. Exactly. Have smaller, uh, clutches or litters. Mm, the babies won't be as healthy. Yeah. You know, it's, 
the you know the the, the health of the female too. Uh, you know that's a lot of lot of strain. And especially if uh, you want to feed, if you want to breed a female back to back years, like I really like double clutching and stuff like that. Well, Some people like do that with say, corns. But. Yeah, I, I've seen that a lot with corns. But I just mean, um, as far as breeding your female two two years in a row. Yeah. For me personally, not giving her a year off. Me personally, I don't think I'm ever. I don't plan on breeding a female year after year. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to give them because I don't want to have to worry about pounding them with food you know a bunch to get them back up Mm -hmm. to weight especially you know if you want to do maternal incubation which i plan on doing yeah at least a little bit of because you know in my opinion that's definitely going to make a difference yeah and and it's been absolutely right and it's been absolutely proven that the babies come out bigger healthier Mm -hmm. more food responsive when maternally incubated um so and really the only reason you would have to not do that is if you want your female to breed the next season yeah. you know and in, in order to do that you have to pound them with food get them back up to weight and that's just that's just not healthy mm-hmm. in my eyes so you know why not let her maternally incubate get her back up to the size for the following year not yeah. the very next you know let her and that's more in back. line with their natural history exactly and you know that creates healthier babies you have healthier animals mm-hmm. you know it's it just seems like all positives to me no if you have some <laughs> if you see if you have some insane fem- <laughs> same insane cool female that it's you want to breed you say year that though because that's the thing that's the that's the kicker because yeah. like then people have to wait. Yeah, you know that and that, that means that requires patience, yeah, and for a lot no. of people that is a problem. Yeah, and that's something I've struggled with too. Honestly, you know, I want to get my my snakes up to size to go, but you know, you gotta you gotta put the healthier animals before mm-hmm. your personal desires. You know, we all say we're doing this because we love the animals, so we need to start acting like it. Yeah, you know what I mean. I you know it's funny too because I was uh, I'm in one of the corn snake one or two of the corn snake groups on Facebook and uh, someone posted a picture of one of their corns and there was an older guy I forget who it was uh, or there was somebody who went on there and said you need to cut that snake back to a pinky a month. And he said that thing is corn? that thing is so fat you're killing it like flat out just said wow. you're killing it cut it back. Jeez. And I just remember seeing that, and being like, "No one says that." Yeah, like, no one, no one, like, because it, it happens in crested groups mm. all the time. You get these really fat females, like the one I have, you know, right there, the mm. one you were looking at when you came in. Yep. She is overweight. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's one of the ones that's kind of slimmed up a little bit, but she really isn't isn't losing anything. And the, you know, people post these geckos that are huge, and everyone's like, "Oh, they're so chubby and cute." And it's like, like it's no, not it's, though. It's, like it's, it's sad. It's painful to see. It really is, man. Like it. You know, people wonder why their animals aren't living to the expected life yeah, expectancy. Everybody says, yeah. you know, oh, my gecko should have lived, you know, five years longer than mm-hmm. this. It died. You know, well, look at look at how big it was. It was massive. Like they don't. Here's the, that's the this comes back to the whole metabolism thing. Like they don't move much. Right. Movement burns calories. Yes. You keep giving <laughs> them calories. Like there's some people uh, that feed their geckos daily, like their babies daily. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know. I understand getting crested geckos up to, to breeding size in a year, which mm-hmm. on that schedule I had originally with the diet three times a week and bugs mm-hmm. twice a week, accomplished that really easily, like pretty much dead on each time I, you know, the, with the handful of geckos I had for starting yeah. out. Um, but then I noticed as they got to adult size, they kind of just kept going. Like even if I had cut them off bugs, they're still gaining weight like crazy. Right. I would rather wait another year plus 
for these babies to get to adult size and breedable mm-hmm. than power feed the hell out of them right. to get them up to speed in a year. Absolutely. And it's just I did, it, and that you know that comes that's that's a patience thing. Mm-hmm. But I know in the long run, I'm going to have healthier breeders. Yeah, and you know, they're going to be just, animals that'll breed longer. At the mm-hmm. long, you know, in captivity or in, right. the, in their in their lifetime, they'll breed into their older years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just you know, I, I I haven't really talked to a whole lot of people about the whole gecko thing and, and changing up the food because I'm still eyeballing. You know, I still have females that I'm waiting on uh, eggs from to see how those come out, even though I give them liquid calcium every meal twice a week mm-hmm. um, but I'm not expecting to have any issues with that but it's it's just getting crazy man there's people think it's adorable people think it's cute uh, I mean and it's just it's think it's, about it bums it, me out a little bit think honestly. about it in like the uh, human perspective everybody says you know you know if you're super overweight it's not healthy yeah you know, it, doctor's it, gonna tell you to hit the treadmill yeah exactly <clears throat> and, you know animals aren't any different of really fat chubby animal is it's not cute guys it, it is not cute at all it is very unhealthy and you are seriously damaging your animal yeah. um it's it's just it's unfortunate and i see it a really lot is. you know i can't really speak as far as chelonians go turtles and tortoises those mm-hmm. are different you know those are gonna especially like water turtles yeah. they're moving constantly you know right i can understand i have seen some where they've got like the freaking like pouches yeah. coming out from their back legs. So, yeah, I mean, it, it does exist, yeah. but in stuff, uh, you know, it's not hard for bearded dragons to get overweight. I've no, seen some really heavy bearded dragons. Yep. I've seen some really heavy Euromastics. And, uh, like, those I kind of, those are require a lot hotter temperatures, so mm-hmm. those are going to be higher metabolism. Right. Um, but, like, the Cresteds, the Gargoyles, um, Leopard Geckos don't seem to be as bad, but I have seen some... some some pretty big ones. I tell you what, I think uh, when it comes to overweight snakes, I got to give it to the blood pythons, man. Yeah. Um, because blood pythons are just, they like it cooler, you know. They So since their temperatures, even at their hot spot, whoop, drop, dropping stuff over here, guys. Um, but they like a hot spot of about 84 degrees. Kobe. That is not... That's not that hot. They take a while to digest food, right. and there's people just feeding them these massive mm-hmm. meals that they can't digest. And, you know, people wonder why bloods will get backed up. You know, it's because you're feeding them. You're feeding them like a carpet. You can't feed them yeah. like like a carpet. You have to give them something that you're not going to see, mm-hmm. some massive bulge, you know. And, you, and bloods aren't meant to get as big as some of the ones that I'm seeing, mm-hmm. man. Like, they are just obese animals. And you are... Again, you know, severely cutting that animal's life yeah. down. Um, these, I don't know, man. I've, I've had seen. a blood, mm-hmm. a small one. Mm-hmm. I didn't have it for very long. Um, but from what you've been telling me about them and stuff, and I mean, I, you know, I've seen them everywhere. I haven't really looked too much into their care, right. you know, since years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm seeing a lot of a lot of parallels between them and chondros. Mm-hmm. You know, you're keeping them about the same temperatures. Right. Um, as heavy as they get, I'd probably be keeping them on the same schedule too, feeding wise. Right. You know, especially adults, like once a month. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna have that's... a snake that's probably gonna want to tear you up every time you go in there. Right. And I, but from what I've heard from experienced seasoned breeders with bloods, you know, they're they're saying they feed their even your biggest your biggest female blood should should only be fed a medium, maybe a large rat once a month to yeah. maintain 
the weight it should be mm-hmm. at. And you know, if anybody knows about bloods, they can get really big, really Turn beefy, giant slugs. Yeah, yeah, they can they can get really thick. But even those big breeder females, you give them one medium to large rat, you know, a month every you know three to four weeks. Mm-hmm. There's people out there feeding rabbits to bloods and that just seems that's crazy i mean ridiculous granted i haven't seen any you know many monster like huge bloods in in my time but i mean (laughs) i've never heard of anybody feeding them rabbits yeah it doesn't doesn't surprise me right but i've never seen one that big no they they can get people are getting them out of ridiculous size Mm -hmm. and you know it's just it's unnecessary man and i I hate to see it because you know it's you know, like I said, we all claim to be doing this for the love of the animals, so we need to start. We need to start doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, and it's the same goes for like I said, corn snakes, uh, the rat snakes, the boas, the you know, the bairds. Mm-hmm. I'd rather them take you know an extra year, year and a half, maybe even two years to get to breeding size and be healthier and older and more mature mm-hmm. than up to weight as quick as possible right and, and and ready to go yeah like with carpets people say you know they can get up to breeding size you know for say say females mm-hmm. um some people will say they can get to breeding size in two and a half to three years mm-hmm. but and then they'll come back and say but they should be about four years old right oh, well like if you they, can do it but if, should you? yeah should yeah. you do it is that ethical you know that's mm-hmm. you know that's where the patience comes in and you know thinking about what's best for your animals so i'm going with my females i always go for maturity before mm-hmm. i go for beefiness you know when they get when they're mature and they're when they are ready then you know then i'll go for it but it's sacrificing the short term right for the long term and i can only imagine that's also stressful on the female you know if you're mm-hmm. trying to get her up to weight super super fast and you're throwing a male into right because like, the male's going to be ready no matter what oh yeah and if that female's not ready you're just causing a lot of stress and anxiety on that on that animal mm-hmm. and you're going to cause more problems than it's just being overweight yeah. you know it's a lot there's a lot that goes into it you know there's a lot of a lot and of it's things funny because it kind of it goes the other way too you know with bigger retics mm-hmm. uh and berms you know mm-hmm. some people will intentionally cut them like not feed them a lot mm-hmm. to keep them on the smaller side right uh yeah and then and again, that's that's, that, that's, that's wrong. on the other end of the spectrum that's wrong too yeah like you know, if you that's... don't want a huge a snake that gets huge don't get a snake don't that gets buy huge. a retic or a berm <laughs> exactly like, carpets when they you know shameless plug for morelia <laughs> We're, uh, we're, we're a little biased. Yeah, but, we are you know, very biased. <laughs> <laughs> Extremely. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, it's uh, that, that's also on the on the other side. That's very wrong. You know, those animals are meant to get big. They're going to get mm-hmm. big, so you need to feed them in order to get big. But you need to keep them at that at that you know healthy yeah. size. You know, don't just feed them once every you know three months just to keep them small. Mm-hmm. Like you know, that's that's wrong you know that's you need to keep animals that you're prepared to keep and that you're prepared to keep at what's the word i'm looking for at that healthy way at how they should look right you know you don't want you don't want to make a snake that's not supposed to get that big get that big mm-hmm. but you're not you don't want to make a, sna- a snake stay smaller if it's supposed to get that big right you know like what they should what they're found at in the wild is what they should be kept at mm-hmm. you know that's that's how they that's what they were meant to survive on supposedly it's, to, it's pretty common practice with the retics especially it's, to, it's horrible, to cut man. them back to keep them small and it's just like if you why, why do you want to retake if you're if right. you're going to keep it small? Like, I, I thought, you know, 
that's kind of the point, you know. If you want a retake, stay small, get a dwarf. If you know, if that's really what you, you want, you can afford them. If you can afford one, yeah. <laughs> but you know, they're out there. You know, if you really want and that's one, that's why spend I don't. The money. I if if they didn't get so big, I would love to keep retakes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, they seem like really cool snakes. They are, yeah. But I just, I, it's too much. It's yeah, too big. And it's more room it's... than I'm willing to give. And you know, I. I the dwarfs are cool and all too, but even the dwarfs, they you know, those are gonna need a, a semi large ish setup, mm-hmm. you know. And that's and, and that's the just... other that's the other thing is, you know, they'll get this big snake, but then they don't wanna house it in something proper just because yeah. they don't want they can't afford it or, you know, they don't want something that big in their house. It's like, mm-hmm. well, if you didn't want something if you didn't want a cage that big or you didn't want to buy something that big, you shouldn't have got that. Which animal. is another that's a financial responsibility when yes. you when you own that species. Yeah. And that's uh, that's a whole nother whole nother that, subject. Yeah, that's a whole nother whole nother thing for a whole nother day. Yeah, that's uh, definitely something I uh, got definitely got a few points about on that, but uh, we'll get into that another time. It's it's just it's getting crazy, man. Mm. You know, I see a lot of tegus. Oh, tegus man. are a big that's, one that I see overfed. Yeah, that's that is definitely one. You know, but again, you know, people look at them and think, oh, Savannah they're so monitors. cute. You yeah, know, because they're nice and nice and fat. Like mm-hmm. no. Tegus aren't supposed to look like that. They're not supposed to hardly walk at all. Like they have <laughs> tegus that all they do <laughs> is lay down all day. Tegus aren't supposed like, to be like that. They're supposed legs, to be active animals. Their like, legs aren't supposed to stick out of their body like a freaking Macy's yeah, Day. Yeah, it's <laughs> Thanksgiving Day parade balloon. Yeah, man. It's oh man, that that's definitely one that that just irritates me. You know, there's. And I mean, they they eat that. a good bit. Yeah, don't get you know, wrong. You like, have they to, eat, you have they to get ver- big. Their, their diet needs to be varied. Yeah, but if you're just but constantly, the tegus do not need to eat constantly. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, they eat a lot, but they are not eating constantly. Like a lot of people are feeding them right now, and it's. And I I have to say, like I have not kept tegus before. I have not either. I'm just. But I do wonder if part of that is people overfeed because they don't want it to become unmanageable kind of like the retics like they don't want a really hungry lizard uh, that if you're gonna like go get aggressive. it it's gonna go straight for your hand right. thinking it's yeah food. yeah yeah stuff like that which you know i can see why people would would you want to be keep afraid it, of that you know, if you've ever seen a freaking tegu bite they're gnarly oh yeah that are really nasty yeah and same thing with retakes you know but that that's the thing of you but they're know, also with, very smart lizards right and um but that's the thing of finding that fine line of you know what's healthy and what's you know if you're keeping it healthy and you're keeping it fed Mm -hmm. and you're keeping it uh full you know that you don't have to keep it fat in order to do that you just have to feed it what it needs yeah and then you'll be fine Mm -hmm. you know it's but the the babies like i said the babies are kind of the kind of the sort of the exception like the you know the young chondras, a lot of the a lot of the chondra guys say you know they'll feed them every four days or so, mm-hmm. four or five days, uh, and a lot of that's just to get them off pinkies because like you know we've we've talked about before mm-hmm. pinkies have next to no nutritional value. Right. They're basically little little sacks of water. Mm-hmm. Um, so trying to get I mean I, and I've kind of thought about doing that with some of the corns too, but the corns I don't worry about as much. Uh, it's just you they're if they're not getting much out of the pinky. Mm-hmm than trying to get them up to size to where they can get bumped up to like a fuzzy or something with a little bit more, uh, something a little more substantial. Right. And that's kind of what the, the aim is overall. But the other, the other thing I like to add in about, um, feeding, uh, feeding heavily is, um, 
think about how that animal is in uh, i was actually listening to something from a guy in australia talking about um how much people are feeding and whatnot mm-hmm. um that animal is in if you're feeding it you know if once you get up to bigger food items you know something past a pinky you know that isn't yeah. just a little sack of water you know um when you're feeding really often that animal is constantly digesting you know yes. what I mean? Like it's always Their system sitting. is always on. Yeah, like yeah. that's that's not cool, man. Like right. that animal's always always digesting. You know, you need to let it let it clear it out, man. Like yeah, it needs a break. Move around a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, let its system be clean clear for a little right. while. Because what I mean, it's, what do you do? What does your snake do when you first feed it? Goes and sits on tide goes for the next. Goes and sits on see it for the next like four, yeah. six days. Right. Or, you know, the green trees, they just go straight to their hot spot and they mm-hmm. don't move from there for at least two, mm-hmm. from what I've, what I've noticed. So, I mean, that's a very good point. Like, you know, they're, once again, physiologically, their systems are not meant to be running like that, constantly right. digesting. And with the chondros, you know, overfeeding and feeding rats, uh, especially like the older furred stuff, you know, mm-hmm. is pretty well documented to cause prolapse problems. Right. Or at least they think they're not 100% sure. Um, that's why a lot of them say if you're feeding chondros, feed them mice, just because the rats are a lot higher in fat mm-hmm. content overall. Um, and it's it, it, I I'm fortunate enough to say that I have not had to deal with prolapse right in any of mine. Um, but from what I've been reading and what I've seen in the groups and stuff, it's an absolute nightmare. Mm-hmm. So it's like I would rather avoid that. Then have to have to deal with that and the vet and and everything else. So Absolutely. it's it's just not worth it. You know, you're not hurting your snake by by skipping a week. No, you know, when I, all of mine go in shed not. cycles, I don't feed them. No, it's just they'll be they'll be fine. Like mm-hmm. they're gonna be okay. Yeah, you know? and, and even with the uh, like, I don't I honestly I don't even keep track really of the, you know her the adult chondros mm-hmm. when I feed them. Just kinda, it's so sparingly. It's yeah. like it's kind of when I think about it, like oh yeah. Last time I fed her was, uh, you know, end of, you know, January or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll pull one out and give it to her. Yeah. <clears throat> it's just they're, they're – and she's fine. She's still yeah. she's still overweight in my opinion. Yeah. She's still thick. Like, she's too thick. Right. <clears throat> and she's currently pissed because she can't see because she was just shedding, like, just got the front of her face off, and now it's covered her eyes, and now she's, like, blind, and she's just ready to ready to mess somebody up. She's probably even more mad than I missed. Oh, yeah. And the other side of uh, feeding is feeding massive meals. Yeah. That's that's another one that uh, people like to do. You know, people will say um, pythons, you know, and especially carpet pythons, a very common thing is people tell you carpets can take massive meals. And it's true. They can eat massive meals, yep. but... How hard is that meal to digest? Think if you eat a bunch, a bunch of food. You go to Golden Corral on a freaking Friday night with your boys. (laughs) You go all out and, you know, what? You're hurting the next day, man. Like, you you do not feel good. You eat yourself sick. Two for one apps at Applebee's and you're eating them all by yourself and then you go home. Imagine being that miserable constantly. Yeah, you know, that's that's not fun. Yeah, you know, they're working so hard to get that thing down and then there's this massive bulge in them, man, Mm -hmm. you know, where that food is left. It's like, yeah, they're capable capable but once again just they can but should should you know is that ethical man you know i i can't stand seeing people shove these massive food items down these little snakes throats man it's like Mm -hmm. you know for me 
you know, I'll start off small, you know, once every seven to 10 days. As they grow, they start eating that a little bit better. Yep. I'll go once every five to seven mm-hmm. days. They eat that a little bit better. Slowly, I might, I might, gradually yeah, turn them up. you know, yeah. I might double up a food item in a right. sitting or something like that. And then I make sure they're going to be capable of handling the next item without leaving some massive bulge in the middle of them. Like, that's, that's, that's not healthy. Yeah, that's man. actually like, what I, what I did with the two red green trees. Mm-hmm. Um, I fed them both a fuzzy the other night, mm-hmm. and then I kind of thought about. I was like, these don't even really like leave a bulge in them mm-hmm. anymore. Like they they need to be bumped up to mm-hmm. like a hopper now. Yeah. Pretty much, they could take a hopper no problem. Yeah. And so I ended up just thawing out two more when I was feeding the. Uh, what was I feeding? Oh, I thawed out adult mice for the male mm-hmm. that he rejected as usual when I thought he would be yep. into it because he was in the in the the waiting position. I was like, oh, now's my chance. <laughs> he, he he wanted nothing to do with it. Yeah. So they got. They got two fuzzies. Like I said, they don't make a dent in them anymore. No. When I first got both of them, a fuzzy was like, it, you could n- tell they they, right. they was, was pretty sizable for them. But yeah, yeah, and see that's now they're past that. And it's, I've I've started you know with a, one of my uh, IJs I got you know I, and that's what I did with hoppers. You know I started with one hopper you know every seven to ten days. Mm-hmm. Then I noticed that hopper wasn't really leaving a bulge. So when I started feeding, I started feeding him two at a time, and mm-hmm. you know and that. That made him grow substantially, but without leaving this massive. Right, and that's this, the thing is like know, you want it to leave a bulge. Yeah, a slight but, one is no yeah, big deal. Like yeah. with the you know the adult green trees, you're not going to see a bulge, no. and I'm okay with that. Yeah, they don't yeah, and, need a huge. Bulge. And that's one. That's the difference between you know adults and babies. Mm-hmm. When my adult, I don't want to see any bulge in my right. adult female carpets. You know, I don't want. I don't want to see anything if they're at adult healthy weight. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give them something massive. I want to give them something that's, you know, that's, that's going to keep them fit. Yes, it's going to keep them fit. They're, they're meant to be slender body animals. Mm-hmm. You know, they're semi-arboreal. You know, they spend time in trees. They yeah. need to keep that slender build about them to be healthy. That's that's how they were meant to look, mm-hmm. you know. And But that's, I just, I noticed the other night, you know, I fed those two fuzzies and didn't make a dent. Yeah. And I'm like, it's time to bump them up. Like, yeah, they're just, absolutely. and it's funny because you have, you know, you keep these snakes for, years and you you know you get them when they're young and you really don't notice how much they grow until you actually kind of stop for a minute and really look at them and right. take them out and you're like damn these things are getting huge like yeah. they're growing like freaking weeds and mm-hmm. that's when you're like it's time to bump them up right when you notice that the you know, that all the, the size they up. were at yeah. is, is just doesn't cut it anymore no, it's man. just it's time to time to move them up to something yeah absolutely and then when you move them up and then they start growing even more man you know yeah, it's just keep going and going and going right and so. up you go you know it's but the point is, man, just taking in those those massive meals, you know, it goes back to they can, but should they? Right. You know, the you know, snakes are capable of a lot of things, but what's what's healthy for them? Mm-hmm. You, know, you need to again think about your animal's health before. And that's you know, the thing too with business. like with laying females and you know bringing females food after they've laid or mm-hmm. you know coming out of brumation and stuff like that. Like right. I I really don't want to pound my animals with food when they you know it's very gradual it's like you if you've you know you've been without water or food for an extended period of time you know you gorge yourself you're going to be sick right your body it's just too much for your body to handle all at once so it's like very you know gradually give them what they need you know you know if it's like an adult female chondro who just just laid you know you don't want to just go and give her like two rats off the bat you know i'd much rather give her an adult mouse you know every three days for a week or so yeah you need to and just to slowly get her back on track instead of just freaking shocking the system yeah, and, need, and throwing a bunch of calories at it like that yeah you need to you need to work it you need to work them up and that's you know that's one thing i've heard from a lot of the seasoned breeders in the uh, carpet world is 
right after an animal lays, do not just give it some massive yeah. meal to get it back up to you know breeding size just, as soon as you can. Too it's, much, it's, too much it's energy for the body to yeah, handle all at know, once the, like that. You give now them just small meals just yeah. to get something in their system, get everything, get back everything to back online. Yeah. yeah. And then once they, once you get that, you know, that good food response mm-hmm. again, yeah, start, you know, giving them a normal meal yeah. and then get them back up to size and then ride that out. Let them, let them get used to not breeding, you know, mm-hmm. give them a year off, yeah. you know, it's, you know, females need that. I actually heard of a guy just recently, he had, um, he had two carpets. He bred them three years in a row. Mm-hmm. The third year they laid, both animals died. Really? Yes. You know, that's from, that is from Say overbreeding. How, like how old they were. They had they bred before, but he said that you know they just was he like keeping them together? No, oh. it wasn't anything like that. They were it was just two females that he bred three years back to back mm-hmm. to back, and the, they laid their third clutch after they laid, they passed away. You know that, that I'd say that is a product of overbreeding, mm-hmm. man. Like they're not meant to, you're not meant to go through that. You yeah. know it's and that's why you know I would say you know even though you what you have some super nice female and you want her to go every year so you can get mm-hmm. those babies you know it's again put put your animals first man you know before your business before yeah. you know what you want you know like, again we all say we do this for the love you know let's, let's start acting well, like i think man. like it's not as bad of a thing if you breed you know if you have a, a healthy female who's not overweight mm-hmm. and she's you know she's you breed her one year and she handled it really well. You had mm-hmm. no issues. You know, her clutches were healthy. She was healthy afterwards, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. If that's, you know, if you're not having any issues with that and she's, you know, you're not power feeding it or right. getting up to weight. If it's, you know, a seven-year-old snake, five-year-old snake, whatever, mm-hmm. that's where it should be. Mm-hmm. You know, if she's taking, you know, being paired up yearly, like that's no big deal. Mm-hmm. But it's when people are power feeding these animals to get them up to breeding weight, you know, as quick as possible right. and then pairing them every year. That is just kind of rough, but I, I think if you have a, a a solid, like, genuinely healthy mm. animal, that's that's been, you know, you took the you took the the slow and long road getting her to that point, right? You know, if if it's not having any ill effect on her, you know, go for it. But it's right. just it's the power feeding to get them mm. as breedable as quick as possible. Yeah, that's that. I think you know you're gonna end up with a a snake that doesn't live as long as it should. It just has has nothing but problems down the road. <clears throat> All right, man. We're at the forty-five minute mark. Forty-five minutes already. Yeah. Dang, man. Time flies. Yeah, time flies when you're having fun, right? Yeah. Uh, talking about <laughs> talking about snakes. Yeah. All uh, right. Well then, I think we'll call we'll, we'll wrap this one up. We'll call yeah. it a call it a day. And uh, one thing I would like to add is, um, if anybody has any, you know. Things they would like to hear us talk about, any yes. suggestions for suggestions topics. Suggestions for topics. Just shoot us, shoot any of either of us a you know a Facebook message or Instagram. Instagram DM. I am I am on Facebook now. Uh, Justin called me out he about is. not having a Facebook page, so y'all can check me out on Facebook now. Made one. Um, if you have you know any questions or anything you'd like to hear, you know just anything, shoot us a message, and we'll yeah. see if we can't get to it on the uh, on the podcast. And um. What else do I have? As far as yes, uh, getting guests and stuff. I'm gonna. I'm currently researching how to make uh, Skype and Google Hangouts or whatever work with with the mic system and the soundboard and stuff we have set up here. I'm not super tech savvy when it comes to that stuff. Um, I have the kind of the bare minimum of skills with it, but that is something we can hopefully have have happen in here soon. So it's not just you and me rambling. People just being like, 
Those guys are morons. Yeah, I'm sure most people think that, but you know that's okay. That's Everybody, okay. People thought I was a moron for a long it time. It means now. we're doing something right. Yeah, man. I mean, we're trying, right? You know, we're trying to make a difference. Yeah. So hopefully, um, hopefully, yeah, we'll have some people on here, have some cool stuff. Um, as usual, follow me on Instagram and Facebook. It's at Palmetto Coast Exotics, and Jacob's also, like I said, on both now. Yeah, I got uh, stepped up the game, you know. <laughs> I got to keep up with everybody, so, you know. But, yeah, that's uh, at JLB Morelia. On the Instagrams and the Facebooks. Oh, yeah. And I think we're actually planning to start live streaming some of these two yeah. in the near future. Yeah, that's another thing I need to look into. I want to find, like, a, a camera that has somewhat of a, a wide-angle lens yeah. that can kind of get everything in it. Yeah, that way we can uh, do some visuals. And uh, yeah. I don't know how many people want to see our ugly mugs, but, you know. We'll, yeah, uh, it'll be fine. They can deal with it. Uh, we can have some snakes on and show show some differences. On yeah, some, uh, some and species. have some have cool like weekly weekly thing, weekly sessions. Yeah, yeah. And whatever, we'll see how it goes. We're all kind of playing it by ear at this point, but yeah, we're kind of kind of going with this as we go. It's so working out. Again, any suggestions? You know, any any ideas? More, more than welcome. Throw it out there. All right, man. Well, we'll uh, we'll see y'all next week or hear y'all next week. And uh, make sure you subscribe on iTunes and Google Play because we're rolling with the big dogs now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Got us hooked big up time. on that. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to make a, a Skype call work with this thing, but I can get us on <laughs> yeah, iTunes and Google Play iTunes. like it's no yeah, problem. No problem at all. So. But uh, Skype's, uh, Skype's another ball game. Yep. But uh, all right, y'all. Until next time. We'll see y'all later. Peace. <laughs>